Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Book Journeys Radio, an interview series for authors in transformation. From the basic fundamentals of selecting a book topic and overcoming writer's block to advanced techniques for publishing and marketing your books. Don't forget to check out our complete schedule and archive shows at blogtalkradio.com forward slash book dash journeys. Now, get ready to make a difference with your book with your host, founder of the author incubator, Dr. Angela Loria. Well, hey, 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 everybody. It is September 15th, the Ides of September, and we are back in the hot seat at Book Journeys Radio today. We have author Gina Catalano. I can't wait for you to hear about her book and her journey. Um, Every week on the show, our goal is for you to learn about another author who is able to go from having an idea for a book to a finished book in their hands, ready to make a difference in the world. You'll hear about uh, Gina's book, which is Tandem Leadership. You can find out more about that at tandemleadershipbook.com. And right now I'm just going to welcome author Gina Catalano to the show. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me, Angela. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here, Gina. I always like to kick it off so people have a sense of uh, what they are listening to us talk about. Can you tell people about uh, Tandem Leadership? What's it about and who did you write it for? Um, I wrote it for entrepreneurs and owners of small and mid-sized companies who are growing and are thinking, I don't know if I can do this by myself anymore, and I might need some help. And it's basically about, um, I ended up doing it a little bit differently. I ended up doing it as a story. And so it's about actually an entrepreneur who's got a growing business, and through his story he learns how to add a number two, a second in command to his team, and have the kind of success that he was hoping that he would have when he started his business. Awesome. And um, what I really want to focus on just to get started is how did you get the idea for this book? What inspired you to write it? Well, about um, nine or 10 months ago, I was at a training session and I've been working with leaders, CEOs and owners of companies um, on and off for the last um, 20 years. And I've actually been a number two and a number one. And I was at a training session, a seminar, this awesome training center. I was talking to a guy and saying, yeah, this is what I do. I tend to work with people and help them figure this out. And he, tend, he works, um, he does evaluation for people that do mergers and acquisitions. And we were talking, he goes, oh, my gosh, that is such an important thing. Uh, he said, because a lot of times we go to sell these companies and their leadership structure just isn't where it needs to be for them to move it to the next level and to position themselves for sales. We started talking, and that got the wheels turning. And through a bunch of uh, what I call serendipitous acts, um, I learned about you through one of your other authors, and the book just started to come to me. And we had our conversation, and I got this idea that I would love to write a book to help leaders and their number two work together better. Love it. 
And your book has a, a very unique structure. It's almost an allegory. Um, how did that, how the structure piece come to you? Did you envision it that way before you started? No, I didn't at all. And, and in fact, because I knew I was writing a nonfiction book, I was committed to writing kind of a traditional business, this is how you do it book. And through the different press process, I wrote up my ideal reader and I wrote it in the first person. It came to me so easy and it was just magical. And then I went to start to write the book and I could not finish a chapter to save my life. And I started working with my editor and she said, I think it would, I think your story would work great with in a, in a fictional or an allegory format. So try it out. And once I started doing that, the book just flowed and um, I was able to cover all the same topics that I had wanted to do, but that was a story that needed to be told in that format. And I'm super excited that I got to do it that way. Oh, I love that. Is there anything that you wish you knew before you wrote your book? Hmm. That's a great question. I think, um, I think I wish that I would, I would have known that it's a lot easier than I thought it would be because <laughs> I think I put it off for a long time. Uh, I mm. think I had a lot of stories around how hard it is to write a book because so many times you hear, you know, authors will say, you know, you know, it took five years or 10 years to write the book. And um, with, with this process, it just didn't. I mean, it went, really, really well for me. It was so enjoyable. It was a great process for me. Mm. Why do you think that so many people, had you wanted to write a book before this? Oh my gosh, yes. I uh, I actually wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be an author oh. of fiction <laughs> for years. And, um, and I have a ton of stories. Um, I mean, real stories, not just the stories in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had... Uh, I actually, I was, the other day I found something. I found my first published piece was a poem that got written, uh, that got published in the school newspaper when I was eight. And uh, I said, oh, that's where my journey started. Um, but, yeah, I did, but I just didn't think I, I just, for some reason, I didn't think I could do it. And I think that I didn't, I needed uh, a framework and the coaching, and I think I really needed the, the mission. I think the mission mm. to really impact people that are reading the book was incredibly motivating for me. I didn't want to let them down. Um, I didn't want to let my reader down. And I, I really wanted to make sure that um, I could help them. Mm. So for you, um, what do you think made this time or this effort different? Was it connecting with that reader before the book was even done? Absolutely. I think that knowing who I was writing for and knowing how I wanted, I, I had a, my ideal reader was really, as I said, it was super easy for me to write up because their pain and the pain of, you know, the CEO you know, you start a business, you go start a business because you got this great idea. And then if you're fortunate, you've got people that want to purchase your, you know, your things or your service. And so you get really hung up on trying to deliver. And the next thing you know, things are so different. And the things that you didn't think about show up. And so I had this great vision of who I was helping. 
And knowing that I wanted to get him over the bridge and get him to the point where he's like, yeah, I started this great business. It's going well. And I also have the life that I want and I have the business that I want. It's, you know, it's different than maybe I thought it would be. And so knowing that I wanted that to be successful, um, it was really great. I mean, I think that it, I felt such a connection to making sure that, that my guy, my, my character in my book, that he got to where he needed to be to be successful. I, just like I would do if I was coaching him personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that personal connection is so important when you're writing because I want to get yeah. into a concept that, that throws a lot of people off which is that they question their own credentials. And the way that shows up is that, that often people start writing in a very formal voice. I don't know if it's the mm-hmm. voice that we learn to write papers for in school or it's this person we imagine who could solve that problem. Um, but I think one of the things you said that was so interesting was that you were really talking to this one person, the way that you would talk to them in real life. And that's, so different than the way many people try to write. I wonder if you could address that a little bit. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Because anytime I got stuck, you know, like I got to a point, I mean, I'd love to say that I sat down and all 25,000 words came flowing out of me and the angel started singing and everything. But what I, but every once in a while I would go down a path and I would, you know, and it, it wouldn't exactly work. So what I would do is I would start thinking, okay, if I was talking to him directly I start asking the questions that I would ask. And I would actually literally write out the questions that I would be, okay, this person has this, you know, my guy, Marcus, he has this problem. What would be the questions if I was sitting down across the table? What would be the questions that I would ask? And so I would write out the questions. And then a lot of times I would just go off and do something physical, take a walk, you know, do the dishes, whatever. And I would go do that. And often, I mean, I'd say nine times out of ten, within a couple hours the answers to those questions would come back and, you know, and because of the answers coming back, I would be able to finish writing. And I think it was because I always felt like I was in service to getting him further down his journey and to making sure that he was successful or giving him all the tools to be successful that the words would come. I didn't have to really worry Mm. about the words. They would come as a way to make sure because I, I was getting my brain to work on the problem while I was doing other things. And um, mm. it, like I said, that's what people, fun. People who are listening think you're completely crazy right now, just so you know. <laughs> like, I didn't have to worry about the words when I was writing my book. I feel like I want to make that a quote. It seems like <laughs> the only thing to worry about. So let's help unpack this a little bit. If you yeah. weren't, if somebody's not going to worry about the words, I'm sure that creates a whole level of panic. This isn't going to be good enough. It's not going to be well written. Uh, people won't like it. I'm going to get bad reviews. Uh, so, how did you deal with those thoughts that uh, I think people get so scared about how people are going to react to the writing that they just uh, reject themselves in advance by not writing it. Yeah, I did. I mean, I'd, I'd be lying if I said I didn't have any thoughts that it, you know, was going to be a crummy book or nobody was going to read it. But I, kinda, I, I kept coming back to the concept of it's really important to save that one, not save, 
to serve that one person. And I knew that I, I always know that I can help one person. I mean, I might not be able to help a, a nation, but I can help one person. Um, even if it's, if it's not pretty, I can still help that one person. And so with anything, I mean, you know, I'm not the best swimmer in the world, but I can jump in and, and I can go save somebody, you know. And so I think that I use that same concept. Hmm. But, I, but I also think um, it's getting out of I, – I think the process makes, made me not worry about me and what my issues were because I felt like if I did a good job, with, if I did a good job trying to help this person, everything else would take care of themselves. And mm-hmm. it's, I can't control, I couldn't control if it, I can't control if somebody liked it or didn't like it, but I could control putting the best solutions on the paper to help mm. somebody figure this out. And again, coming back to that, being, having been the person on both sides of this, uh, the desire to actually help people out for you, did that trump the desire to have a book that you were sure every single person, every critic in the world would think it was well-written? Yeah, for sure. Because I think that um, I've, in in being on both sides of the fence, in this position, I also know often that a lot of times if you're an entrepreneur or you're somebody that's helping an entrepreneur, working with one, there's a lot of nights when you're by yourself at your company, either, you know, Mm -hmm. if you have a physical company or you're in your office at your home office at night, or you're, you know, you're in your bed, laying at bed and you have worry. And so I think Mm -hmm. knowing that, that it's a, it can be a solitary process, even if you're the person that's going through the experience that, I was okay with that because, again, how nice is it if I kept imagining, you know, this is the guy that goes home, you know, he puts his kids to bed and he's got to read this book because he thinks it might help him. And so it became a really personal relationship because I thought, you know, I don't care if, I mean, let me me take that back. I do care if if it's well written and everything. But at the end of the day, I kept thinking, I kept coming back to, I wanted that lonely, that guy, the solitary guy to read the book and say, oh, my gosh, I can use something in this book tomorrow. And, I'll, and I know it'll make, it'll make my business better. It'll help me. And I, I knew yeah. there was enough in the book to do that. I knew there was enough in the book to do that. And it was, it was going to be more getting it into the right hands of the people to make sure that it, they, the book found its way to them. Mm-hmm. Love it. So I want to turn our attention a little bit to something that you you may not have had to deal with a lot in the traditional form, um, but how for you, how and when did writer's block or procrastination or some other distraction from your goal, how did that show up and how did you deal with it? Um, what I would typically do, I mean, I, my normal plan, most of this book was actually wrote, written at our local Starbucks. Um, I kind of got into a routine where I get up, go work out and then go to the Starbucks for two hours, most mornings and get my first phase of writing done. And then if I felt like I wanted to keep writing, I took a block and I took a break and then I would go home and write for a couple more hours. But every once in a while, I get to where I couldn't, I didn't have a, so, like, I, 
I didn't have a solution. You know, I didn't have that solution in my what was the next thing, even if I had my, my inline and all that stuff in front of me. And so a lot of times I would go pick to do something completely different than writing. And I know a lot of people would be like, what? But I would just go, I would go grocery shopping. I would just get myself out of my, I'd say again, probably seven or eight times out of ten, something would happen along the way that would be like, oh, I could do this. You know, that, like the, the original example of in my book, there was um, the product was special shelving. And I got the idea when I was writing, when I went to our local convenience store and I saw them re-racking, re-racking stuff and it just dawned on me like, oh, my gosh, that's the product. And so I, mm. after that happened that first time, I thought, you know what, I need to tune into this. And, and any time I got stuck, I did something completely different. And I thought, I'm going to do this because I want the book to be a success. I left my writing table always with the idea, I'm going to go do something different, but that's because I'm going to regenerate and I want to make this book successful um, by helping somebody. You've actually listened to me. I love that. You totally get that. <laughs> I, I, you know, I think that was one of the reasons I selected this program was because after reading, I read both your books before we talked, and um, it was so in line with um, my service goals for working with clients. Um, I've always felt like I've gone above and beyond and always felt like it's super important to be in that person's shoes. So it felt like a really good fit for me in terms of my own values and vision on how to, how to serve clients. And, that, again, I think that, that alignment really helped. Yeah. So this is one of the hardest lessons I teach people is if you're struggling, go do something else as a gift to your ideal reader. And they're like, wait, how is shoe shopping a gift to my readers? Um, and I don't tell them very often that, hey, probably if you show up this way, something magical is going to happen. And I don't really think it's magic. I think that it's actually pattern matching. Like I think it's all science, but what happens is if you can relax your brain and get out of the amygdala, get into the prefrontal cortex because your ideal reader is somewhere in your conscious mind, uh, those connections can just show up. So you could have seen that shelving on a different shopping trip and just not made the connection to your book. Now, exactly. You wouldn't have even really seen it. You would have seen it, but you wouldn't have really seen it and processed it in any way. And especially if you went shopping with the thought, like, this book has to get done. I'm behind schedule. I'm screwing everything up. I paid so much money to get my book done. Like, how am I screwing this up again? I'm a terrible person. If you're thinking all that stuff, you're definitely not going to see the shelving, like for sure. You're lucky if you, you know, don't walk out the door accidentally with a shopping cart, you know, like, so, um, so I just think that's so powerful how you made the connect, how you like trusted me and did it and then made that connection. It's awesome. And I, I so, use that. I use that all the time. I use that whole technique all the time when I'm any project that I'm working on now and it's worked really well. I love it. So awesome. All right, so let's talk about your book was published. When was your book published? June? Uh, July. I was in July. July. 
So your book's been out for a couple months. You've been a published author almost all summer long. Um, what is the best thing for you uh, about being an, a new author? Um, I think the the thing that I had stated, I went back and I looked at my original application and just trying to put myself back into the list, some of your listeners, if they're thinking, if they're in my position that I was in seven or eight months ago, I went back and looked at what I wanted and what I wanted was the ability to have a, a really a, a way to articulate my platform about what I actually do. Um, I've done a lot of different things and I have a lot of different skills, but I feel really passionate about what I'm feeling about right now and working with people right now for these CEOs and their number twos. And to have this platform has enabled me quite a bit. I mean, I've um, been able to get quite a bit of um, traction for starting this new era in my business. I went from working for um, one or two clients with the idea of working with more clients. And so, like, this is my sixth podcast that I've been asked mm. to do interviews on in the last uh, four weeks, I think three weeks actually. Um, and that wouldn't have happened without having the book. Um, I've been able to um, get some, uh, just this last week I wrote a blog post that in my world went sort of viral. So that was really fun because people are picking it up um, based on the fact that I have, an, I have a book now. And it's allowed me, I've been able, I've been asked to speak. I have a couple conferences coming up and workshops that I'm doing, all based around this platform that I'm bringing. And I'm being told, and this is the thing that's super exciting for me, I'm being told, you know what, no one else is doing this. This is really important. You need to keep doing this because mm. I, see this, I see this happening all the time. And um, different than maybe some other topics, I really do think I'm, shining a light on something that a lot of people um, haven't even been able to articulate that has that struggle with leadership teams, especially in smaller organizations. So it's, um, it's on the front end, but it's pretty exciting. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's, uh, I, I think that's the thing that comes up for people is they really want when they write a book, they really want to be seen. And then there's also this other thing of like, but I don't want anyone to notice me. So has there <laughs> been something scary about speaking, speaking at events, doing podcasts? Has there been something scary about that? Or are there ways that writing the book prepared you for this stuff? Um, I can't lie. I think doing my first couple of podcasts, I was really nervous. And because I haven't, um, I've been in leadership positions my whole life. If you ask my family, they said I was born into one. Um, I've been telling people what to do and helping them with that forever. But um, over the last few years, I've uh, worked pretty consistently and not done as much public speaking as I had, used, I had done in the past. And so getting back out and saying that I was an author and that I had done this um, and doing it with a certain amount of confidence was a little bit of a struggle, but what was great about it is the book, people, having so many people email me and write in and saying, oh, my gosh, I'm not a CEO or I'm not a leader, but I can use this with my coworkers at work. I can use this with my family. I can use this with my husband. I mean, the model transfers. I, I mean, I didn't intend for that to happen, but it did. 
And so having all okay. those people that – go ahead. I was, I, was, I was asking a leading question. I love your answer and sort of the answer I was looking in there, but I want to talk about the confidence that you have, even doing something scary like being on a podcast or speaking at an event the confidence you have after being the person who wrote the yes. book versus yeah. the person who had all the same ideas for the book. Like in one way, right. nothing happened. Like you had all these ideas for the book, but the only thing that happened is you wrote it. But between the comments you get from people, reviews, and just the act of having done it, do you think you show up differently as a speaker, still being nervous, um, but just because you've done the work? Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Because it's so much easier for me to say, I wrote this book, it's important for this reason. And to be the person that wrote the book makes it a lot easier and has given me a lot more confidence to even try things that I wouldn't have done before I wrote the book. Mm. Right. Right. Totally. I think that's actually the big secret payoff from the book. Like, yeah, you'll get clients and you'll get speaking gigs, but you could have gotten those same things before. They might have been harder to get. You could have gotten those same things before, but you couldn't have showed up to execute them in the way you can after you have, you know, climbed the mountain of writing and publishing a book. Yeah, and I, that was the one thing I, that one thing I was going to add after you said that is that um, the way I show up for my business now is completely different than before. Because the act of mm. writing the book and committing, and I think the commitment and the, uh, to show up every day um, in the way that I'm supposed to with my commitment to complete the book in the time frame that I needed to do that um, to meet my, my commitment that I had signed up when I signed my contract to write the book. Um, mm -hmm. was it's not that I, and if you ask anyone, I am a super hardworking person. Anybody that I've ever worked with or worked for will say there's no one. But the difference of showing up as the person that had a book, I mean, I, you know, I used the, the stuff that you said, which was you need to be the author before you're finished and, mm. and act as if you've written this book because the book is done. And I do that now all the time. Um, the way I organize my work every week, I don't sit and work extra hours just to feel like I'm putting it in if it's not there. And I'm more productive in less time than I ever have in my entire life. And that's been mm. huge. Oh, powerful. All right. Well, in our last couple of minutes, I'm going to ask you the question I ask all of our guests on the show, which is um, if there was somebody who – maybe was uh, a friend of a friend and they had wanted to write a book for a long time and hadn't been able to do it. And they asked your advice. Um, what advice would you give someone who wants to be an author, wants to publish in the way you have, uh, but they're just not getting it done? What would you tell them? Um, two things. I think the first thing is really understand what, you want to identify your, your ideal reader or who you want to really help and make that difference with and really make that person the most important person in your life and then set up some sort of accountability framework. Um, 
And, you know, for me, I use um, the author incubator and the Difference Press to work through that, and it was amazing. But if they don't, if they have a different way to do their accountability, find a friend, another writing coach, somebody that will help them um, hold them accountable, you know, put an investment, make something that's meaningful for them, and and have that accountability because I think um, by not letting someone else down, you know, whether it's your ideal reader or your editor or whoever your accountability partner is, you're not letting yourself down. And I think a lot of people don't get that. For sure. Gina Catalano is a business coach. She is a best-selling author and speaker. Her book, Tandem Leadership is available on Amazon.com. And to find out more about Gina, you can go to TandemLeadershipBook.com. Gina, thank you so much for being our guest today on the show. Angela, thanks so much for having me. It was wonderful. Awesome. Well, if you are thinking of writing a book, you are in the right place. We're here every week on Book Journeys Radio helping to change the world, one book at a time. This has been another episode of Book Journeys Radio, where we're changing the world one book at a time. To find out more about how you can get your book written, published, and promoted, visit www.theauthorincubator.com.